welcome back to another week of Riffs and Scripts. Riffs and Scripts. My name is Amber. My name is Cole. Hello, Amber. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, my love. Hello. Um, are you okay? You said it's hot. It's very hot here. It is warm and I keep here, having yeah. to close the windows whenever we record. And yeah. so it's just like a sauna. And it's been grey for ages. I actually predicted this that come September, there was going to be a weird September heat wave. And I think that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I, absolutely. Um, I, I had a funny thought on the way home today. Tell me. As, as, as you know, I work in Oxford. And I was thinking about, thinking about the dodo. You know the, the dodo, the everyone knows what the dodo is. Yeah, the bird. What, what happened with the dodo is the dodo was a flightless bird that lived in Mauritius, uh, which is a, a bit east of Madagascar. 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 Yeah, Mauritius of, is South I, Africa. Oh, I, I fancy Madagascar, so I add Madagascar. Anyway, <laughs> very good. Uh, a bit, that was quite quick. Uh, it was very funny. It was yeah. east, east of Madagascar. And so Madagascar was actually an uninhabited place. So unlike what happens in a lot of history where um, some white people turn up and go, look at this wonderful untouched land, and then go, excuse me, look at this wonderful untouched uh, land. Excuse me, you jacked that off, Eddie Izzard. Don't Eddie think Izzard, I was yes. going to miss that. Yeah, because <laughs> I know you're here. a fan of Eddie excuse Izzard. Me? Excuse There's me. There's nobody here. Oh, I fucking love Eddie Izzard. Me I too. love Eddie Izzard so much. Um, but uh, so Mauritius was really totally untouched. The dodo... Mm. had no natural predators, right? Mm. So it was perfectly evolved for its environment, but it had no predators whatsoever. Right. As such, it had basically no survival instincts when it came to interacting with other like large creatures, which is exactly what cyclists are like in Oxford. That's what okay? cyclists are like everywhere. I know, I uh. know. <laughs> it's, I, I mean, you're from London, so you know exactly yeah. what it's like. But it's like Oxford, Edinburgh... Um, anywhere, anywhere that's a university no offense, town, I think. Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Fucking yeah, hell, Amsterdam. Man. In Amsterdam, though, <laughs> they're like hyper aggressive. They're frightening in in Amsterdam. Frightening in Amsterdam. Yeah. Amsterdam will come up later in our podcast. Oh, will it? Oh, I love yeah, Amsterdam. It will. it will. How are you doing? Are you okay? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, I've got a lot to talk about, but I'm going to work it into our topic this week. Oh, work it in. So this week is called Everyone's a Critic, because we are. Um, I know it's really yeah. rich for us to sit and talk about critics, because we literally have a podcast where we spout opinions, but we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, um, absolutely. Before we get into it, Cole, I want to start with a question for you. Oh, God. Oh, God. Is this going to be really harsh? No, not at all. Okay. What is the job of a critic? Go. Um, oh, shit. I hadn't even really thought about that. Um, the job is really... I mean, okay, the purpose of, of, of a critic is, is to let people know if they think something's worth watching or, or looking at or yep. listening to. Um, and also to go into what's different and interesting and unusual about it, I would say. That's what I think. I kind of agree. So I think that I think that it it spans different like eras in that hmm. the the immediate reason that you would look at reviews, let's say, is to see if you want to go and see something. Yeah. I yeah. brackets, that's not that doesn't mean that the review is a be all and end all of is it good or not? Mm. It's meant yeah. to say here's what you're in for and if the individual liked it or not but then you've got further things a big part of at least theater reviews and i would argue film reviews is is you know documentation uh yeah. when people go into a more academic side of any art they they there's a big role in documenting things in in remembering who did what and it, like you said why it was different 
why yeah. it was unique and then it allows people to like take a step back and look at you know history of art history of theater um and things like that so i do think there's a documentation element as well i will say what is not a critic's job and i think this has been amped up way too much by um scenes in film and television where an actor is getting a review it i wouldn't say it's a critic's job to sit and tear apart people's no. work no. you can give it a low star rating and responsibly say why but it's not your job to sit and go mm, that one that one was shit and yeah. i think too many people especially when they're first starting out and no i'm gonna take that back it's not just when they're first starting out some it's people not, who no. have been reviewing for decades still think that that's their job and i just really disagree I don't think that that does any good for an industry or for a person's career or for the you, writer's career. Do you know what? I'm going to, um, I, I, I hadn't even thought of this, but since you've said that, there's a review that I have in my brain, uh, which is a review of the first album by Black Sabbath, right? And it's by a guy called Lester Bangs. And he said it was piece of shit. He said it was uh, subpar Clapton type riffs and stuff. And he's a fucking moron. <laughs> like he just Ooh. like 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 my review of that review is that you have no idea what you're talking about because um, though Sabbath is not to everyone's tastes, they did something really different. And um, you know, your job as a reviewer is to be accurate and to yeah have your own personal. You know, I mean, every review is subjective, isn't it? That's exactly part of, part of the thing. And that's always really important to remember. It's always going to yeah. be a little bit subjective. I think the only time that um, it really can all, all these individual opinions really would affect if I was to go see a show or not is if it's mm. strength in numbers. Do you know what I mean? If I saw wow. like 10 five-star reviews for something, I'd be like, okay, clearly a lot of people who see a lot of theatre really like it. If I mm. saw a lot of really bad reviews and a lot of anecdotal stuff and a lot of a lot of things that added up, I might be like, oh, maybe not. But... Do you see what I mean? Like one review yeah, like, I, should not have the power to make or break an album well, or a show or anything. This actually goes into something that I've got written down here, or a couple of different things, um, is that actually the strength in numbers thing, yeah. sometimes that's completely, completely wrong. I genuinely believe that. Do you think? Um, I, I, yeah, I, well, at least, at least in the particular sphere that I'm going to talk about. So um, uh, there's an amp that um, uh, is a Marshall amp, which is um uh, it's it's a JCM nine hundred. So basically, um, for the music nerds out there, they came up with the old kind of super plexi stuff, and then they came up with a JCM eight hundred, and then they came up with a JCM nine hundred. So I realise that doesn't mean anything to you. One day I'll explain that because I definitely want to talk about Marshall amps at some point because I love Marshall amps. But on the internet, everyone says, "Oh, JCM nine hundred. That's an awful amp. That's a crap amp. That's a rubbish amp. That's awful." Well, that's Nath's go-to amp for his sound, and I know. For an absolute fact, he has possibly the best guitar sound I've ever heard. That's completely, genuinely true. Now, here's here's a problem with that. Um, uh, there's there's reasons why people think things in music, and a lot of it's about prejudice. A lot is a lot of it is about oh no, things should only sound this way, and things right, should only I'm sound this you. way, like a weird elitism. Um, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, like like kind of gatekeeping type. That like for example, there's um amps that are based off valves and amps that are based off transistors and basically uh, everything was valve until about the 70s right um or maybe the 80s i can't remember 80s was when it was all uh, transistor stuff um 
and there's different types of technology being used in the amp and people have opinions that you should only use valve stuff or only use transistor stuff so that that and and what happens with um we know we know this for a fact that you know a lie goes around the world twice before the truth has got its boots on boots on yeah and the fact of the, the matter is that if someone has a bad opinion about something it spreads then it goes straight through and, and that's so what gives that, the karens of the yeah. world power because they go yeah. i'm gonna give them the yeah, bad it's true. I, what i meant to say I, I totally agree with you by the way what i meant to say with my strength in numbers um yeah yeah, yeah. Continue, argument yeah. all i meant was even less so though would one person would one i'm trying to say one good review or one bad review really in my opinion doesn't have the power to make or break anything and it shouldn't have yeah. that power that's what no, i'm saying in order for it to even impact my my decision oh, yeah, at yeah, all yeah, yeah. it needs to be a lot do you know exactly. do you see in my fact, point like i've actually got an example of that um, i i recent i recently bought a guitar pedal it's a guitar pedal called a t-rex quint um and basically it gives me an octave down and an octave above and a fifth above which is a really fun thing to have in and you can mix in how much of it um and that's a uh using using octave stuff is actually secretly a big part of what my band has always done i didn't know and, that you can use um, pedals in that way oh my god my yeah. entire I'm, I'm, well, understanding day, of yeah. pedals is on the piano so they, oh, mate, and they do I am going to blow your job. mind. We'll do it. We'll do a um, basics pedals. We'll, we're, we're gonna we're gonna have <laughs> to do a pedals thing. I'm yeah. looking down. Funnily enough, my pedal board is right here, and it's this wonderful rainbow color of. Oh, it's so lovely. Uh, it's just a nice thing to look at, and I believe in that actually for music stuff. If something's nice to look at, that makes you want to play it more, and that's good because it's all it's about same fun. with everything. Same with food. But same anyway, I bought this pedal, and um, um, there was like two bad reviews I could find on the internet, and a hundred good ones. So. You know, and I bought it, and then I used it at rehearsal on Friday night when we were doing a writing session. Sounded amazing, you know. Mm. Um, so, you know, pinch of salt with everything. That's going to turn up. That's a phrase that's going to come back to bite us, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I think that you are right. It's only, something's only going to affect my opinion of something. I mean, my my desire to watch something or take in something if there's a lot of those reviews. Yeah. Um, what I want to give a theatre example of what you were saying about Black Sabbath being underestimated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've mentioned it before, but Sarah Kane, she is such a, a beloved playwright who went through a lot of mental health and, and, and did end up um, taking her own life eventually. Uh, mm. Tragically young. Um, and there was a reviewer who was really established. And there's, I'm not even slagging him off by saying this because it is like famous in the industry. A guy called Michael Billington, really established reviewer, massively, massively dismissed her writing. Um, I got the impression that he just didn't take her seriously and felt like she was being shallow in all the darkness within her writing. Um, when actually the cruelty in her writing and the the mental health elements being element um being highlighted in her writing were very very real to her and i think tragically there were some slightly elitist calls of thoughts that didn't realize how serious it was until it was yeah. too late um mm. and it's tragic and years later he actually and i did get up a review he redid so her play blasted was the one that he really critiqued and it is dark i i watched mm. it it was hard to watch i'm gonna be really honest i'm not gonna say why it was hard to watch if if you want to yeah. know more details you know, read it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a dark play. And he actually put in 2001, five years ago, I was rudely dismissive of Sarah Kane's Blasted. But then he gave five stars to a revival and this is the revival review. And he's, he, he really does try to defend himself. He goes, so what has changed? So he says the space, the design, the cast... 
have are all radically different and it's like okay but then he says above all one sees the play through the perspective of Kane's tragically short career and it's just and mm. and her uh and her obsession with love survival in a monstrously cruel world so it's it's such a mm. tragic story in the why did it take so much for her to be taken seriously and it didn't mm. by everyone lots of people loved her work but by the yeah. critiques by these people that are like well this is this is ridiculous this is immature mm. this is shallow this is you know all these things um and they were wrong is my point one of the most successful Boom. one of the most successful uh, theater critiques was wrong he just was and you know at least he's admitted to how dismissive he was the first time round and he he drastically underestimated the power her writing could and eventually did have and um even though i've grown and learned more about other writers and other plot types of theater that mm. i love sarah kane will always have a special place in my heart and one of the reasons is because she was a young female who was writing about the exact experiences that young females sometimes go through and get dismissed about you mm. know um a lot of a lot of the time when you're young people go oh you you can't be feeling that level of tragedy you you're not old enough to feel pain and it's like no you're mm. full of shit and mm. she was one of the first truly expressive gritty raw writers that i discovered and she mm. was grossly underestimated and i will n always remember her there's there's a fine line between um i'm you know reviewing something in terms of this is what they did right this is what they did wrong but there's also a subjective i like this and i don't and those are really two distinct things um, yeah. and usually they contribute to each other a lot um i think criticism is important i'm getting into my 100%. notes now amber i'm getting into I, I think i think criticism is important so as a singer and uh as a, as a performer anyway and in, in, in things throughout my life um criticism is is something that you should take on board and you should um be strive to. to be better yes and you yes. should um most significantly go to people that know what they're talking about so what i mean by that is take criticism on but take it from trustworthy sources because in, in my experience a lot of people there are a lot of people on the music scene and a lot of people give me their opinions about things and i sit there going you're not a credible source to me you're just like some person that happens to me a lot this links uh, a lot to what in, we said. In music, at least. We said this in our last episode about our inspirations. And we talked a lot about teachers and directors and yeah. people whose opinions we admire and who we can learn from. And we, we said last week, surround yourself with people who are going to help you do better, who are going to challenge you. Like, well, you absolutely need to be prepared to be challenged and to have someone disagree with you and mm. tell you why. Um, I saw this thing recently, actually, that said um, the only way to truly avoid criticism for your whole life is to never say or do yeah. anything. Never do anything, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what kind of I've, life is that? I've got a, a, an, in an interesting example, which I think is is that, you know, you've got, a, you've got to take everyday man on the street opinions with a pinch of salt. Yes. So um, I've got, uh, funnily enough, I've actually got some written reviews that are negative reviews about my band, which I can't wait to share with you oh, guys. Oh, I actually. was hoping you'd do something um, like this. Go yeah, for I've it. Got, I've, got a few, I've got a few different reviews. Uh, this one isn't a review first. This is something someone said to me at a show after we came off. Being me, I don't spend all that much time on the stage. I spend my time running off into the crowd, climbing on the bar, singing at people, having a wonderful gay old time. Being me. Um, and a bloke came up to me, bloke came up to me after the show. And uh, he said, right, I want a word with you. And I was like, what? 
And he said, listen, do you know what? You got a great, he was quite, <laughs> my face a little bit. You got a great band up there and you running around all here. Like you're a great singer, whatever, you know, you could perform and all that, but you running around all there, you know, you're taking away the attention from them. And he's just like, and uh, now on the podcast, I come across a little bit brash and, and seem like I'm quite raring for confrontation. In my real life, I'm not, not very confrontational. And uh, I wasn't confrontational exactly with him, but what he he said to me, you probably don't give a shit about that. And I said, no, actually, I really don't. Um, And I'll tell you why. (laughs) So, (laughs) like, because this is something I really think about and in in, about um, the logic sounds weird, but the logic to being a performer. So, so I said to him, do you know what? This is something me and the guitarists talk about all the time, because um, he puts it in the best way: is that we're a football team, and I'm the striker. Okay, so the striker gets all the glory at the end of the thing, but really he's not even slightly more important than the rest of the band. Absolutely. So what he was he was failing to understand, what he was failing to understand, was that, you know, it's not about this person gets their limelight and this person gets their limelight. This person gets gets their limelight because you'll find at almost every show I make sure to say every single person's name who's in the band. So it'll be Luke, um, Nathan, whoever's on there, and I'll say best guitarist in the fucking world things like that you know things like this and i'll make sure luke gets a solo or something like that or i was for a while in the last few gigs um but yeah he didn't understand that the act itself is a cohesive unit the whole is greater than the sum of the parts okay Absolutely. so it's not about us, part of us the doing this 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 and this the front man taking his top off and climbing exactly on that's not exactly. your ego that's part of your band it's really not thing. yeah yeah and, yeah for sure and if that was if that was the case you know some bands have struggled with that but nath is the one who said to me he said in these words our job is to, with with our relationship is to provide you a platform to do all this silly stuff and get people going and mm. get people to have a good time and it really bloody works. Yeah. I'll be honest. That's it like, really works. You, you and that's the point. You wouldn't criticise a soloist for having a solo in the West End. You'd be like, you don't give a fuck about the girls in the chorus. It's like, actually, they are working twice as hard because they're singing while being lifted yeah. and ribbon dancing and God knows what else. But exactly. the fact of the matter is, this is the role I'm playing. Like, exactly. I, I'm with you. I get you. That's and totally if you were it. an egotistical dickhead, that would be another thing. But it's a bit exactly, of a jump yeah. to get there. From just yeah. the fact that you like to act a bit, bit large on stage. I, I, I act a bit large when yeah. I'm on stage, yeah, because that's the job. But I'm look doing. at this podcast. All you ever do is talk about how great Nathan is and how you wouldn't yeah. be where you are because without him, and how he's got... your like partner when yeah. it comes to music and creativity. I, I like... genuinely love this man. You would have seen the video that I put up on Instagram last night or the other night. We had a quiet night in with candles and a lava lamp, I watching Sharp. It, it was, was amazing. It was so good. <laughs> Like I had it where, and I and I, I'm not going to like name because I don't want anyone to be embarrassed. But after someone came and saw Four Sisters, which I've just produced, they yeah. like didn't agree with how one of the characters was adapted because the whole point of the play was it's the March sisters reimagined right in this century, and mm. she was like, I just don't know if that sister would be that person, and I was like, Yeah, but that's you disagreeing with a very conscious choice. That's mm. not the that's not that the writers have failed. That's they have they have made a decision and they've gone with it and they've fleshed it out and they've stuck to that decision and made it work. Just the fact that you go, well, I would have done it differently. That doesn't necessarily make it wrong. Mm. It's just you would have done it differently. But, you yeah. know, you're more than welcome to like in your own yeah. life. But um, we had it with Four Sisters because it is a new writing piece and it was the first time it was being produced. Um, 
we were like, right, we want to get feedback from this. But we also were very, exactly like you were saying, we were very specific about who we want feedback from. We didn't, mm. we, I suggested it and the writer said, I don't know if we would want that. We suggested having like little things to hand out and people, audience members can grab it and jot ideas down. But they were like, mm. we don't want an opinion of every single audience no. member. But no. what we did have is we had um, our people from successful venues and people who have written novels and people who have written for telly, yeah. people who yeah. are ahead of us in the career. Mm. We invited them. We gave them free tickets. I like My teacher was one of them. Oh, he didn't get a free ticket, bless him, because I didn't actually invite him. He just came <laughs> to be supportive. Mm. Um, but there were, pe- there were industry professionals that we comped and we, we have asked them for their feedback because they are experienced and they will understand our decisions and they will have spotted things we missed and that's the feedback that's really really valuable mm. if you try to take feedback from the hundreds of people who little little comment about how well sales went you know they had a great producer if all of the audience members who watched the show filled in a form we would be overwhelmed with different opinions and it would be impossible to follow all of it so yeah i'm just giving my example of exactly what you were saying which is Mm. There are certain people whose opinions you do want um, and you need to know when to pick those battles. So um, I've got an example. So this is something, a a bad review. This is actually the lowest scored review of any scored review that Hell's Gazelles has ever had. Um, So uh, I've got got two negative reviews and a different review um, as well, which I'll show you later when we move on to that subject. But... um, People come at things with certain internal biases. And um, we were reviewed by a publication called Lords of Metal. We're not actually a metal band. We're a rock band. Um, But, uh, you know, there's there's alignments there, particularly in how I sing. Sounds like a lot of metal guys from the past. Um, I'm going to go through this review and and I'll talk about the review. I'll give a review of the review, review if you like. Go for it. So it's in Dutch. So I've translated it with Google Translate. So it won't be perfect, but here we go. So this is an EP review of our last EP, which was released, I think, August, September 2018. Okay. The first impression with the band name and the cover design makes me suspect that this could be a bit of rock and roll. Totally wrong. This is 80s metal with a lot of familiar sounding riffs and tight fitting vocals that can be reminiscent of Halloween or sometimes even an attempt at Queensryche. Um, who are both great bands. I'm not a big fan of Halloween, but Kareem's like brilliant. And I can see vocally where that's coming from with both of those. Sometimes the whole thing feels quite German. I don't know why. Oh, check um, you out. <laughs> Fucking German. Uh, you know, uh, other times more in the direction of new wave of British heavy metal, which I can see. I can see all of this stuff, all the 80s stuff, like I totally get it. That's one of the reasons why we're moving forward, as I've said before. Um, but often it just misses the mark. For example, the Foxy Lady Drive, which is a reference to a Jimi Hendrix song. Foxy Lady Drive in combination with the chilly riffs and typical metal vocals of She-Devil, which is a song we did, cannot be called successful as far as I'm concerned. Actually, that generally applies to Take Your Medicine. The individual parts have all been done much more often and better coordinated, undoubtedly consumable for omnivores in the genre, but many still a bit below par, I think. So um, the reason why... I bring this one up. One, that's that's like our worst review, I think, of at least the EP. The other one was a live review, and you will love mm. that one. Um, um, 
the the interesting thing about that is that he's put under genre um rock slash heavy heavy metal slash power metal we are not power metal at all no. power metal's like dragon force no i know so, you're not power metal um, even i know that. so i take a bit of i take that with a bit of pinch of salt because he expects us to be a metal band but at the same time he's making points about things that are really true we weren't breaking any boundaries with that record we do sound a bit 80s that's very much a thing and that's why why we're changing yeah. so i think that's quite a fair review it's it's rated 56 out of 100 which i think is fair enough and now, also this is the thing a bad that... review doesn't mean you will never get better i think no, it's exactly. really important yeah take the fact that we i would love to do what you're doing right now but the issue is if i bring up bad reviews i am then bringing i'm talking about other writers and directors and things yeah, and bringing yeah, that's up not when fair. they've that's been slated whereas with you it's entirely your project so you're yeah, in a yeah. bit more and, of a position and by the way feel free to tuck into me amber like i i i welcome that shit well um, no this is the but thing there's also yeah, there's on. also things that that in there that are like Hang on, that doesn't make sense. So, for instance, a metal vocal. I mean, it's it, it's it's not a metal vocal, so no, I'm not it's quite not. sure that. But again, the '80s metal thing, I can kind of see. It do, that. You do um, your old stuff does sound a bit '80s. That's true. Yeah, that yeah, is I just so. true. Um, <laughs> so, no, 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 totally. That's why. I mean, all all this stuff, and it was really interesting. He says, makes me suspect that this could be a bit of rock and roll, and I was totally wrong. And I was like, man, it's, it's definitely a rock band, you yeah. know, to me at least. Um, but it was really interesting that he thought we sounded like German power metal. Yeah. So again... Everyone's got their you know, own little influences. I see your point. So, yeah, but I think that, you know, on the whole, the actual factual things that the guy said, they're not, like, totally wrong, are they? Mm. You know? Um, but, yeah, I thought I would bring that in. I want to bring in the bad reviews that I've got and I, I want to talk about totally them. totally agree. I think, I think embracing some bad reviews is not the worst thing in the world. I think there's a difference between a review that can critique that can critique a show and a review that's just looking to be nasty so like i'll bring in some little unspecific quotes from bad reviews i've gotten you know so Hmm. for example i was in a show where i was singing and i had a part written for a male and i begged i begged them to transpose it yeah i think we talked about this to my singing and i was like look I can hit the notes and they'll be fine, but why won't you put it put the music in a place where I can hit the notes and they'll be brilliant? Like yeah, yeah. there was a point where we were rehearsing and we were like, "Oh, just sing a cappella." It's while we're blocking this song, and the director went, "Amber, that sounded lovely." And I literally in front of everyone went, "Fucking put it in that key, then." That's because it's in the right key yeah. for my voice. Yeah. And the MD was like, but then if I transposed it, I'd have to transpose 12 instruments. I was like, oh, we could just do it with a piano. It's a slow song. And he was like, well, no, that's butchering the music. I was like, but you've cast a female in a male part. We're already breaking apart the music. And my point is, a review said... There was one bit you could tell it wasn't in her range, and I was I was devastated. I was devastated because that reflects because... on you rather than really anyone else. And also, else. I called it, and that's never yeah, a good yeah, feeling. Yeah. It, sometimes it sucks to be right, you know. And I and yeah. I did speak to them. I was like, I begged you. I and now look, I've been embarrassed, and they were really mm. apologetic. It was just like, ah, come on, like please but that was a bad review so this is the thing you can get there was one review from years ago and this is an important point i wanted to make actually before i forget i think that if you are out there and you want to write about theater and, and art i think it's always worth thinking about what you're reviewing and what is like the selling point so if for example if you are reviewing a musical maybe you do want to focus a bit on the things that make a musical great Include in your review the routines and the music and and the accompaniments and you know all of those things. If you're if you're right 
reviewing, sorry, um, a new writing piece, I think there's there should be more space in your review about the writing, yeah. about the story, about the characters. So I would yeah, say, um, I think that's a way of respecting the work. I know that we want to talk about every single actor because every actor wants that shout out desperately, including myself. Oh my gosh. But um, I would say focus on the thing that that is the subgenre of what you're reviewing. Yeah. And I remember one of the first shows I did out of uni with a bunch of friends I went to uni with was a new writing piece. And I think the writing had incredible potential and had elements that were brilliant. And the opening scene, it, it was like a kind of mock Shakespeare, piss take, dark comedy things so like all the way through just for an example no one actually mm. gasped they would say gasp in like an overly i it, love that it yeah. was like a piss take of the aristocracy it was called family jewels it was there was so much that was really good about the writing and it was fun mm -hmm. and it was creative and it was so unique but the opening scene took you there you had this really rich married couple waking up hungover uh, and like one of them, what was it? He tells his, he's, they realise they've slept in and the Lord tells his butler, he goes, um, Charles, open the curtain so that I can be shocked. And then he does the curtain <laughs> open. He goes, gasp! That's like, it wonderful. Was, it was really fun. I love that. That's so funny. There were strokes of brilliance and the right, the, the, a reviewer that we had said something along the lines of, if this writer can finish shows as powerfully as he starts them, He's he's in the money, and I remember mm -hmm. the writer reading that and going, "He's she, they have a really good point, like because mm. she was focusing on you know the writing started so strong and then maybe got a bit more cliche towards the end, a couple of little not quite as unique tropes to round the whole thing up, but you can. My point is, this reviewer critiqued it fairly and honestly, mm. and mm. with the intention of um, this is how this can be better, but this is what makes it good and unique. Like it was a really fair balanced review mm. like it is possible to do this ethically whereas some reviews really do just want to shoot people down and yeah, it, it can be really gonna, unkind yeah we we had um later we'll come up with our worst ever review which uh will be funny Ooh. um but um i mean we've had negative facebook comments and stuff but i mean people's opinions you know um we kind uh, of we, haven't we, we, have we had negative Facebook comments? No, 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 no. Hell's Gazelles have uh, one or one or two. It's the nature of the internet, you know, especially social media. Um, people quite like shitting on things. People really quite oh, enjoy it. Oh, they love it, don't um, they? Oh my goodness. Uh, there was there was something you brought up there about that that wonderful line. You know, open the curtains so I could be surprised. Gasp! I think that's so funny. So, yeah. but it reminded me of how humour, particularly, is so subjective. And um, I've seen things that have been really poorly reviewed and are brilliant, and vice versa. Um, in my opinion, at least. Um, so you know, I would like Eddie Izzard's one of my favourite comedians in the whole world, as we've we've talked about um before. And some people just don't like like Eddie at all. Um, and it reminds me a little bit of actually, you know, Monty Python's Life of Brian. That's my favourite Monty Python because I went to Catholic oh, school. Fucking legend! It, I love fucking it. Legend. I love it so because much. Because you went to Catholic school. Yeah. So so there's a wonderful interview which you can watch online. Probably oh, many I people have it. is uh between um uh, John Cleese and uh, uh Michael Palin right. who are two of the funniest British people ever to have lived yes. debating um, Malcolm Cleese. Muggeridge and oh there's a bishop archbishop archbishop something 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 very very famous bishop from the 60s and 70s um and basically they had got drunk in the lobby before going and see the film and missed the first 10 minutes where they make it obvious that he's not Jesus um right so 
they talked about how you're mocking Christ and da da So, but that's not really what we're mocking. We're mocking people's uh, people just following something blindly. Yes, people's and, attitude oh, no, oh, towards religion. People's and, attitudes, yeah. and then they're following in with the oh, sandals. Oh, when they've all got sandals and, and on sticks. Stuff. Oh yeah. my god, it makes me so laugh. It's all, it's so all, like it's, it's it's a wonderfully funny thing, and they missed the whole first part about how they knocked on the wrong door because the door, houses were close together. Yeah. Da and it's so funny. And um, John Cleese says something wonderful where he says, do you know what? We were researching this film and we said we could do something about, you know, the life of Jesus and research this film. And actually, you know, Jesus fundamentally wasn't very funny. He was a nice bloke talking a lot of sense, but there was all this stuff around him and since him that was hilarious to us. And that's where all the humour came from. I couldn't agree more. You know? I really couldn't um, agree more. And I, and uh, you know, I'm not a particularly religious person, but I think that's a, it's a wonderful sentiment. Yeah. So um, anyway, that just reminded me of that because, you know, we talk about Life of Brian and some people took that so harshly. You know, a dogma. You ever seen dogma? Dogma is fantastic. Yeah. But the thing is, Kevin Smith, he's a devout Catholic. Well, that makes me respect him all the more. Exactly. I think, I think being able to... I actually would love to talk about comedy. I had a comedy story as well. But I think that being able to laugh at something doesn't always mean that you hate it and disrespect exactly. it, you know? So exactly. the fact that he was uh, he was also such a, like, scene stealer in that film, in my opinion. Love but it, like, love it, love it. Um, Yeah, I think he's brilliant. And good for him for being a devout Catholic and still doing it. Because if you look at things mm. like South Park, you know, South Park unapologetically rips the shit into everyone. And there have been a few everyone episodes yeah. that have made me go... Ooh, I didn't like that. Oh shit! But oh, I didn't like that that's at all. on me. That's because they hit one of my nerves. I'm not so egotistical yeah, exactly. to think that I'm above anybody else. And I and there have been people. And um, let's not get too much into it. But there have been people who worked for South Park for years who then. Oh god, yeah, yeah. Childlike yeah. behavior because they they would leave when something that mattered to them got made fun of, and it's like, mate, yeah, you've yeah. been voice acting, making fun of races and religions and cultures exactly. for you. And who home, do you homosexuality think you are? And, yeah, I yeah, love dark humor, and as long as I love it, yeah. as long as we are in in a context of we know we're joking, we know this is comedy. Yeah. Then, like, I'm kind of okay with it. Like, do you know Avenue yeah, Q? Yeah, yeah. Do you know the song I'm, Everyone's a Little Bit Racist? The internet. Everyone's everyone. Sorry, sorry. I mixed that up with everyone's a bit of a cunt. Then sorry. <laughs> no, everyone's a little bit racist. Is a really so good sometimes song. Sometimes everyone's yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit racist. It's yeah, brilliant. that one. And oh, on God. the topic of comedy, I actually went and saw one of the shows that we promoted yesterday. Um, they, I think I messaged you a while ago, but you weren't going to be able to get to London. Uh, no, yeah, I wasn't. But, uh, yeah. I went last night and I took my friend with me, and it was so much fun. It was really really fun and i started writing a few things down because i wanted to reference it when i like gave a little like post about it. like yeah i went and saw this, this and the other. but because i started writing things down i then wrote down a lot more and afterwards Uh-oh. now uh, this is the thing let's talk about being that friend in the audience that's what i want to do so i've made a few notes and i first of all if you're gonna give an opinion on something here's a bit of a do and don'ts thing yeah. right do not do it instantly when someone is on a high after performing. That's a really yes. shitty thing to do. I'll just bugger off. Let them enjoy that they've just performed and breathe it off and save it for yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. Let's put that there. Like um, that bloke coming up to me, blimey. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, yeah. Unless they specifically ask. And even then, you need to have a very good relationship with someone. So don't do that. Um, do find out who who can actually do something with it. Going up to one of the actors and going, I didn't like that costume. 
That actor can't do shit. What is that? What are they going to do? It's Go like, to a it's like when you complain about the price to a waiter. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So work out Why are you doing that? if you have to share an opinion, which I love doing. So work out who it's for. So, so <laughs> which I love doing. So for example, afterwards, I spoke to Dylan and I said, "So what was your process like?" And he said, "Oh, I wrote this, but these two guys I knew for a long time. I wrote it with them in mind." Mm. And I was like, "Cool. So it's very much your thing." So like work out the person that you can yeah, share absolutely. your opinions with that can actually do something. And then I said to him, um, I made a few notes um, that I might send you tomorrow. And I saw him get a bit nervous. And he was like, you know, I'd obviously love to hear the bits that that really stood out to you in a positive way. And I could feel his nerves about the criticism, right? So now let's talk about if you are just the mate in the audience, not someone's teacher, not someone's agent, not whatever. You are just the mate in the audience. Um, I wouldn't offer criticism like you need to change the whole thing. Because again, mm. that just shits on someone's hard work. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. if you if you do want to give criticism, I think the only the only real place, unless you are like really good friends with someone and you work with them. So like I have a friend who's also an actor, but she's also a writer. When we see each other's shows, we get into it afterwards and we break it down. But that mm. is that is between us. That's a bit of an exception to the rule. Um, if you are just giving friendly criticism to someone and it is coming from a good place, I would focus on clarity. Mm. So so just for example, I won't go too much into it, but I was like, oh, I didn't realise that that was a running joke until this moment and I missed it. So it's more just, oh, I missed that. It, uh, the clarity is something that no one can blame you for. Do you know what I mean? If you go, oh, I did, I didn't understand it, then that is saying to them, you need to work mm. on it without going, it's shit. You go, oh, I missed it. Oh, I didn't quite get it. Or how did that work out? I couldn't quite mm. figure mm. it out. And that's just being really honest, but still remind, like remembering that it is someone else's project. All you're there to do is receive it. So clarity is a kind way of focusing on something. Boom. And always, always, always tell them the bits you liked. Do you know what I mean? Even if then... Yes, always, always. Even if then someone does a complete rewrite or they never do that show again, they'll remember the bits that more people said they liked and they'll go, oh, there was something good about that. Why? And it really will help them to maybe the more people work, and this isn't just about the one I said, this is just in general, the more that people work, maybe they, they will trim down and trim down until they, they've worked out the stuff they're really good at and the mm. stuff that lands well with an audience and the bits that get, and, the, and build on that. So it is still beneficial. You don't have to, my point is, you don't have to sit and go, that bit was shit. That helps no mm-hmm. one. Tell the bits you liked and maybe tell the bits that you couldn't understand. But I think as a mate in the audience, that's where you stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm being honest, uh, I think I think that's uh, where our fairest reviews um, have been in terms of you know say the things you like, say the things you don't. Uh, I haven't got it to hand actually. I wanted to find it for this one, but I couldn't couldn't get it online in time. Uh, we got reviewed in Kerrang, which was which is <gasps> really cool. That's a massive and, deal. Um, yeah, that's a big deal. Uh, and I was really chuffed about Woo! it. And it was it was a good review. Um, and uh, I think it was three out of five stars, which uh, three out of five Ks or whatever it was. Um, which I was oh, very chuffed with, and they were talk talking about, um, you know, they liked it. They said if 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 this kind of old school rock is your thing, then this is it was the take your medicine EP. So they said, um, then this is a pill you want to swallow, which was really cool. And they were talking about my vo- voice, and they talked about Nate's wrist, and they also said they didn't like some lyrics which I wrote deliberately because I wanted people not to like them. So um, I wanted to cause a reaction, which I used the c word in one of the songs, and I used uh, an mf 
in one of the songs. I can't <coughs> believe I'm saying that now. Um, but um, the reason why I did it is because I was I was feeling politically apathetic, and I quite like the notion of being uh, <laughs> reducing all your political opinions into a four-letter word, which I quite liked that. Um, but it was also very fair because the delivery is definitely not going to be to most people's tastes. It's mm. in "Give Me Something," um, and that one's. Uh, how about um, that's that's quite a political song, but I've I've hidden it all beneath everything, so people think it's not. So people think it's more stupid than it is. But I think that it didn't get delivered quite well enough. I could have done it better. That was the thing. Kerrang were very fair. I mm. think they were very fair. Um, and I said, you know, this could have been done better, and this could have been done better. But but this was great, and this was great. So exactly like you're saying. You know, you've got to pick out the good things. I want to. I want to move on to something else about uh, how opinions are subjective, and this is a live review. So, I'll, I'll be frank, Amber. Almost all our reviews are really quite good, which is not a sucky penisy thing. That's. I think most people like writing nice things about other stuff in music. I, I think that generally, like professional writers, like writing nice things. But we've only really received two bad reviews. One of them was the one I just read you, and the other one is this one. Which I will read you now, if you want to hear it. Please. So this one is from Distorted Sound magazine. So in 2018, prior to the release of our EP, um, we uh, did a gig uh, at a venue called the Manchester Rebellion, which is a fantastic venue. And uh, every show of this tour went brilliantly, amazingly well. We went down really, really well, except this show. It was really strange. So, you know, I said about how um, Amsterdam would come up again. Yes. You know, when you go to somewhere like Download and you smell so much weed, it's like walking down a street in Amsterdam. Right. Which I've done. So I've walked down a street in Amsterdam and I've walked through Download Festival and you stink so much, you smell so much weed. It's like, fuck, everyone's high as shit. That's exactly what happened at this venue. So we were supporting a kind of stoner metal band, a stoner band, I'd say, called called Black Moth, who were really good. And their support was a band called Grave Lines, who were very good. I didn't, I didn't personally like them that much, but they were very, very good at good what they at were doing. What they do, yeah, yeah, for sure. Which, by the way, is a is a review, is a critique. You know, I didn't quite like it that much. I mean, the rest of the band did, but I, it wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, and we were doing a tour with a band called Over the Influence, who now no longer exist, which is a shame. We really got to know some of them well, and then some of them left. They all fell apart, but never mind. Anyway, we came on after Over the Influence, who were the opening band. So here's a review from distorted sound magazine intending to tap into the same explosive energy as over the influence hell's gazelles unfortunately didn't hit the same heights as their predecessors displaying typical hard rock and wearing their influences on their collective sleeves is fine in itself albeit playing it safe but it did allow for glimmers of enjoyment across their set steady chugging rhythms that are easily digestible and some impressive guitar work from Nate digman demonstrated quality in Hell's Gazelle's repertoire, but the issue here is that, on the whole, the band did little to stand out in a style that has been done to absolute death. Sure, frontman Cole Bryant has a solid set of pipes as he effortlessly executes high vocal lines, and his buckets of enthusiasm enthusiasm is commendable to see from a supporting act. Yet, moderation is the key issue here, and unfortunately, Bryant's continuous demands for audience participation and his over-reliance on the higher end of his vocal pitch resulted in Hell's Gazelles missing the mark and gave a performance that will be largely forgettable. So, 6 out of 10 for us there. Um, I think, actually, there's some real fair points there, is that um, I have habitually just done loads of high notes. What typically happens is I get excited and just add more in. Um, oh, I know singers I think who do that. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's I mean, part of what makes life I'll be fun honest, sometimes. I'll be too. honest. I don't know any singers who can do that who don't do that. Um, yeah. But 
but I do it because it's fun and I want the live record, uh, live performance to be different to the record. I've always said that. Also, the enthusiasm thing, like I do get people to run around and uh, I do run around and I do try and get people involved. And I'll be honest, that was the hardest gig I've ever done in my life. Mm. Because typically when I walk into a venue and see it full of people and it was full of people, I'm like, this is going to be a brilliant show. And I was like, there was no energy in the room. And I, I was like, oh, I'm supporting all these stone and metal bands. And they're all high as shit. And I think that's part part of it. It was just a bad genre matchup. Mm. Uh, yeah, if it had opinion, gone really well and you yeah. saying, oh, let's do well, a wall of death or whatever it is, well, had gone really, really well and yeah. li- livened up the whole space, it might have been a completely different review. If we'd been down tuned and half the tempo and if we'd basically just been a different band, being a heavier band, you know, it would have been fine. But we weren't. We were our own band. No, I'm but sorry, that's not thing, what Amber. I meant. What I meant was no, 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 no. if you happen to have a crowd that were really up for the participation, it might have worked in your favour rather than against you. Like sometimes well, there are things out yeah, of your yeah. control. Absolutely. Sometimes you absolutely. write a comedy and no one laughs. Sometimes you write a tragedy and no one cries. Mm. Like, what can you do? <laughs> what, one of the, I, I've seen a few stand-ups live, stand-up performances live, where um, the room wasn't right and this guy was actually going yeah. down really well, but people weren't laughing out loud. Um, and funnily enough, I actually supported him at a gig um, no. with because he was he was doing a metal documentary thing. So I've said before about uh, how opinions are subjective because not everyone in the room wasn't going for it. Amber, um, there were actually quite a few people who were going for it mm. because that's our worst review we've ever had, and that's still and not that up, bad. And next up from the same show, <gasps> ooh, is the best is, review you ever had. Is one of one of the better ones that we've had. Okay, Def- I'd say one of the probably one of the best, one of the better better reviews we've had. Keeping the energy levels sky high were Oxford-based four-piece Hell's Gazelles, who are also releasing an EP later this year. No sooner had natural-born showman Cole Bryant set on foot on the stage, he jumped off and disappeared into the crown like a whippet. With the vocals of Rob Halford and the moves of Freddie Mercury, I was transfixed. What a range. Those high notes... It wasn't long before Bryant's shirt came off and the fist pumping began in earnest with plenty of audi- in earnest with plenty of audience interaction to boot. This band has it all, with Nate Digman on guitar, Rick, Rid- Rick Rydmark on bass and Luke Evans on drums. Hell's Gazelles emerged as a veritable powerhouse and gave an outstanding, tight, kick-ass performance. I can honestly say that I had a stupid big smile on my face throughout their entire set and I'll be amazed if Hell's Gazelles aren't headlining very soon. So same that was from Anna Stella. That was gig. the same show. Okay. Wow. I want so I want to hammer that home to people at home. Uh listen, people are gonna talk shit about you, and it's their opinion, man. That's just like your opinion, man, okay? Because this lady, I remember her face, because she's re- she's really fucking nice, and I've got her on Facebook. She's called Anna Stella, and she she's a great, great reviewer. She writes loads of stuff, she's a bloodstock, loads of festivals, really like a good egg and then all, all these pictures of me with my mohican with my shirt off underneath but um she's really cool and we were actually her second favorite ep of that year when we released our ep she'd never heard of us i think before then That's really or cute. she'd uh, at least not seen us live so just bear that in mind guys because we've had this fantastic review and this pretty shoddy review and like like that was the same show the exact same performance like I just that that kind of tells you all. Yeah, you know? yeah. Don't 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 sweat it, man. I'm don't ju- sweat it. I think that's a great thing to end on, and I just want to add a little bit to it though. That I think yeah. you're able to do something that a lot of people um, block, which is letting the bad reviews land. Let them land. Listen to them, because I do see a lot of people go. 
they didn't get it. They didn't get it. And it's like, okay, well, if they mm. didn't get it, maybe there's something we're not making clear. Again, we're back on clarity. Mm. Um, and sometimes, like I've said, people are just out to be nasty. And I'm not saying let them get you down, but I, I really respect the way that you go, no, that's a fair point. No, I definitely do that. Yeah, we did used to do that. It's something we're working on now. Do you know what I mean? To mm, let it, yeah. let it, like you listen to it, but then at the same time, let it roll off your back and move forward. And I think mm. if anyone's able to follow that example you're setting of doing both, where on one hand, yeah, you let it get, you really listen, you take the feedback, but then on the other hand, you keep doing you and you keep getting better. Then exactly. everything else is background noise, really. You do you, bro. Exactly. And I think I think I think that's good. Coming from two people like us who are very critical of everything, <laughs> especially uh, ourselves. On our podcast. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, anyway, I think yeah, I think that's an important thing to land on. Yeah, just I totally people agree. at home, you know, do you? But, you know, take stuff on board. But again, pinch your salt. Exactly. It. Take it on board, but pinch your salt. Love Boom. it. I think we're basically we wrapped I think, up, I think aren't we're we, sorted. mate? We're sorted, yeah. I think we're all good, mate. Um, in that case, my name has, funnily enough, been Cole Bryant. My name is still Amber Sava. Still? Um, oh, it's still. If you want to get in touch, as always, it's riffsandscripts at gmail.com. Uh, we're Riffs and Scripts Pod on both Facebook and Instagram. Otherwise, have a good week, you guys. We'll see you next week. Much love. <laughs>